Looking like no Kentucky mule I'll keep grinning and a-picking Till my ticker quits a-ticking Gonna go down swinging with you I'll ride this lost highway Until I'm old and gray Playing in these roadhouse dives I'll keep swinging with y'all Way past last call Let somebody call the law They won't take me alive I'm gonna go down Swinging Clinging to the sound I always knew Well, if you like that old time singing And some country guitar slinging Gonna go down swinging with you Swinging by Britt Taylor on the Hippies and Cowboys podcast, bringing you the best of the country music world like nobody else will tell it. We are your hosts. I'm Garrett. I like that. that is Mike. Um, <laughs> What's up? Yeah, we're gonna do a podcast. Yeah, we got you're, Britt. Yeah. You're, lis- you're listening to it right now. Currently. Oh my gosh, we're making it right now too. It's happening right now. That's the circle of life, right there. The podcast. Anyways, thanks for happening. listening. To us, we got a good one here with uh, Brett Taylor out of Eastern Kentucky. Lives in Nashville now. We'll talk about all that here yeah, here in a bit. But she had an album coming out last year called "Real Me." We're playing songs off of that, as well as a new single from this year that you'll hear. And yeah, it's great, good chat. And uh, we're brought to you as always by Workman's Relief CBD. It's funny because I was talking to my uh, summer coworker where we just paint shit all summer. And, uh, he was telling me that his, he's got, he's got a sister who's a ER nurse. And she was like, man, my daughter has a, a teammate that uses CBD every day. I can't believe that, you know, like she's going to have no, no motivation for, for work. This lady didn't know the difference between THC and CBD. So my coworker, he's like 50. He's like, had to break it to her like he's like i i use cbd every every day you know like it it kind of like take takes the edge off of like stress and all that so like it was just interesting hearing him talk about like how how that helps him on day-to-day life and like you know people might, maybe don't know the difference like there's not thc and cbd like you know it's you're not gonna like get a non-alcoholic stoned. beer but then yeah. you still get like good side effect. Yeah, yeah, you don't get stoned, but you're not you know, get like, stoned. You're not going to fail a drug anxiety test. and like just like just like overall, yeah, like you don't feel it hit it kick in like like you you know. But it, it takes the anxiety and stress away on like a, a daily level, which which is cool. You know, like at least it does for us. Relief anyway. does it in yeah for us. Yeah, it's it's, it's worth a try. I mean, it's, they got coffee and and the oils. Who's he's telling me he uses oils? So I was like, hey try this one if you haven't you know like it's like oh yeah i've seen you guys advertise it so he's gonna try it out but uh yeah there's a bunch of different ways to do it so uh you can if, you, if you're like on the fence code. yeah yeah get a discount promo code get the discount as if and workman's relief makes these cbd products if you go find try to find them anywhere else they are going to be jacked through the roof the price is just ridiculous but workman's relief makes this stuff accessible for everyone and as if it wasn't accessible enough we can get you 15 percent off your entire order if you use our promo code h-a-c-c-b-d i'll post the link in the description of the podcast and you can save 15 percent on your order and give it a try if you haven't already or re-up if you already ordered some great stuff great company 
brought to you by Workman's Relief. And we are going to roll into the podcast, I guess, now. I'm going to plug the Patreon, the Hippies and Cowboys yeah. Patreon. We got a new show on the Patreon that will feature all of us from the Hippies and Cowboys gang. You'll get to hear from Rambler. You'll get to hear from Meme Man, Jay, Trev, Kalen, Trev. Braden. Everybody. This is our, like, our formal our formal introduction to Braden. Nobody knows who Braden is Braden. Or Kalen, I think, too. Both of them new additions Kaylin. to the to the to the gang. And uh yeah. Yeah. That's the we got a new show. It's gonna be Patreon only. It's gonna be twice a week. So you're gonna get two of these podcasts a week. And if you sign up for Patreon for as little as one dollar a month, that's all it takes. One dollar per month, that's the minimum. That's all it takes. How many subscriptions to like Netflix and all that other bullshit? do you pay for a month and you don't even bat an eyelash? Ours is like, I mean, even you could throw us like three bucks. We'd be so happy. Anything you're willing to give. But you go sign up for the Patreon. You get exclusive content. You can hear bonus podcasts that will never be released to the main platform. You will also get early video drops, opportunities to ask questions to our guests, and you will get this new show that we have not named yet. But anyhow, it's on there now, and we're going to be doing it every week, twice a week. So go check that out. And, of course, you can buy our merch at thehippiesandcowboys.com. If you're still not convinced, we got literally right now Patreon's watching these John R. Miller videos mm -hmm. that are like nobody else can see because mm -hmm. we can't quite release them yet. And but there's more to Patreon's come. watching them. So uh, Patreon's enjoying the fuck out of them. I mean, that's, that's worth a buck right there. That's worth you know. at least a buck. I would say it's worth like maybe five something i don't know it's whatever it's worth to you i guess but uh go check yeah. that out again i will leave the description to all this stuff that we have talked about here in the intro in the description to this podcast thanks so much for tuning into the show we love you and enjoy the podcast Welcome in, everybody. Britt Taylor on the podcast hey. today. How are you doing? Howdy, howdy. I'm doing good. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Sorry if you hear any kind of roosters or anything in the background. It <laughs> wouldn't be got, the first time. You have chickens? So yeah. How many? Oh, God. Well, I had two die yesterday, so I don't oh, know. No. I'm sorry. Six. There's some kind of chicken flu going around. Oh. We always had issues with the weasels getting in at night. Mm -hmm. at, they they took a lot of ours. That and the the hay tractor, the mower. Yeah, well, we've got like wire all around the coop and stuff. So mm -hmm. nothing getting in there. I don't know what's wrong with it. Oh. Some things just die. Shoot. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, well, where are you calling us from? Are you in Kentucky, Tennessee? Um, I'm in Tennessee. It's a little outside of Nashville. I gotcha. I was gonna say for those who don't know, we like just ran into Britt two, three weeks ago yeah. for like five or ten minutes mm -hmm. at Kirk's house. Yeah, so that's right. Doesn't seem like it's been that long since sure, we touched like, base at least. But, like I like I said in the intro, um, yeah, Starfield Farms Music Festival, August twenty eighth. You will be there. Go buy tickets. Come hang with us. We'll be there too. It's gonna be great. It'll be fun. It'll be a good one. Where's that at? Bowling Green? It's a new right. one. Yeah. Yeah. New one. That'd be fun. That, does that ever rattle you? Like a first time music festival? Is that like, what's that? Have you ever done like a first, a first time music, music festival before? Uh, like, no, I haven't. Um, like, uh, yeah, I guess this is brand new. I'm doing a, a brand new one in, um, Paintsville, Kentucky. Oh. Coming up too. I was, I had, uh, but no, it doesn't. I'm really excited that there are just like more festivals happening in um, in Kentucky because there's just a lot of like a lot of really good talent in that. Mm -hmm. Kind of like a little weird how talented all those people are. So I'm excited that they're cultivating that culture um, back there. So yeah, Alley Fest is a brand new one too in Paintsville. Uh, yeah, like October second for those who are. Gonna yeah. wonder and dig in. Yeah, it's October second. But Not sorry August. to cut you off. 
she said, you need Apple Days? And I'm like, no, it's Alley Fest. It's new. And she's like, I think you're talking about Apple Days. And I'm like, no, Mom. <laughs> new one. <laughs> no, Mom. I think I know where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, uh, what? Which part of Kentucky? You're from like Eastern Kentucky, Eastern. right? You're you're from right in there, right? Yeah, yeah I'm from uh, Knott County, Kentucky, so it's kind of in between Hazard and Prestonsburg. Ah, Peaburg. Yeah. yeah. I grew up um, playing at the Mount Art Center in Prestonsburg. So I gotcha. I know all about Prestonsburg through Nicholas Jamerson songs, so I feel like I've been there. I haven't been there, but I feel like. Yeah. He's got a Heinemann song too. That's where, oh, I, yeah. that's where I'm from. Went to elementary school at Heinemann. Really? Like, oh, gotcha. Kind of yeah. Well, thank God for it. <laughs> that will make the connection for everybody, of course. <laughs> it, well, uh, hey, we, we played a, we started it off with going down swinging, real upbeat one for you off of uh, real, real me. Yeah. That was last year, right? Am I, am I wrong? Last year. Yeah, last year. What a year. Then we're going to get a, a <laughs> yeah, what a year to drop a record, right? Yeah, uh, it, it it was, you know, I don't know. I felt like I was supposed to do it and it seemed, and it worked out all right. I feel like uh, a lot of people stopped putting out records and it made a little window for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, how, hey, yeah, how nerve wracking was that? Because that was, Forgive me if I'm wrong. That was the first full full length record, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So like, that's right in the middle of a global pandemic. Say, that's got to be. <laughs> yeah. That's got to be wild. interesting. It was it was nuts. Um, but I'm glad that I did it, and um, it just seemed like the right time for me to release a record. And I think sometimes you got to go with your gut instinct, especially when you don't have a big major team around you telling you, you what to do. You just have to listen to your gut. And my gut was so, mm-hmm. it's got to come out now. And I'm really glad that it did. Cause I'm in such a different place now than I was then. And I was already kind of like out of the woods, like mm-hmm. when I released the record. So I sure as hell didn't want to like keep hanging on to all this heartbreak and have to relive it, you know, into this year. I really mm. wanted it to be out and over so I could move on. Um, music's a big part of, of healing and moving on for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, it certainly is like a, it's a very like introspective record. And it's one that you kind of, you, I mean, you certainly get vulnerable at times, like laying that out there on the record. And I think, I think, I mean, obviously last year was so, fucked up in every way like i'm sure i'm sure that resonated with people a lot more you know during that time you know they were probably able to connect to that a little more just given the circumstances of all the crazy shit going on you know yeah yeah waking up ain't easy was the first single Mm -hmm. and came out um on june 5th and that was like right when, you know, a little after everything was yeah. shut down, everybody was saying, do not put your song out. Do not put your song out. I'm like, if anybody needs a song called Waking Up Ain't Easy, it's <sighs> right now. Like, right yeah. I think that it was just a little window of space that had been created from people stopping releasing mm-hmm. music that gave a new artist like me I mean it's weird to call myself a new artist because I've been in Nashville for 15 years but um I haven't had you know music out until now so I just think that everybody else kind of stopping and me throwing this song out there that was so relevant to what everybody was going through gave me a little bit of a window to, to be heard and that is all that any artist especially a new artist can ever ask for is just a window to, to be heard that's awesome and it's uh i mean the record is is outstanding it's it's great and uh i guess i mean we can we can kind of dig into the record a little more but maybe we should give everybody listening a chance to kind of understand like what led up to that record and like you said you've been in nashville for 15 years you've been you know part of kind of that music community in eastern kentucky for a long time even before that of course you know growing up out there you're 
I assume it was probably just something you did since you were a since you were really young. So maybe we should dig back into that background a little bit and kind of give everybody the story leading up to this record now after 15 years in Nashville and, and everything else. Is 15 yeah. years, is that a real, that's actually 15 years is how long you've been there? Yeah, I got here in 06. Jeez. So that's, yeah, that's 15, right? 14. Wow. <laughs> 15 almost. Yeah, it'd be 15 this year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, I mean, it's crazy the people I've I've got I've watched come and go, you know, coming here to chase the the same dream as me. And I don't know who's crazier, me for staying or them for leaving. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, East Kentucky, it was awesome growing up there because um, I didn't grow up in a musical family, so there's the Mountain Arts Center in Prestonsburg, and I just I just got involved from an early age singing and playing, um, learning how to play with a band and, and learning what makes a good song and how to sing the right way. And, um, I don't, I don't know if I would have been, you know, with my family in any other part of the world, if I would have been here in Nashville without, you know, Eastern Kentucky fostering such a love for country music. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's even if your family, it seems like, even if your family, your blood family is not into music or plays music, the there's a family outside of that already, that, you know, through music that you can, you know, connect with. Yeah, it's kind of, it really is really crazy. It's a, a really special place for sure. Um, so I guess after being in Nashville for so long, what, what uh, prompted releasing a, your first full length album like? playing around and then like all right it's time to get my own record out there yeah um well when i moved here you know i grew, I grew up on country radio loved mm. 90s country bluegrass mm. 90s was my jam that's when all the kentucky artists were coming out and ricky skaggs and Patty yeah. loveless um and the juds like it was just crazy and that's the stuff i grew up on and i came here and i went to college got a degree in music business and, and signed a, a publishing deal um, shortly after college and everything changed. Nothing sounded the same anymore. Um, and I was trying for a really long time to fit in and do what I was supposed to do and try to get this record deal um, that my publishers were trying to help me get. And I was in a band and it just never was right. It was not, it was me trying to just fit into what was current when I, all I wanted to do was sound like Dwight Yoakam and the Judds <sighs> and Loveless. And it wasn't what I love to do. And I think that that always shines through um, yeah. when you're being authentic to who you are and how you're raised. And mm -hmm. so after all that went to hell and I, <laughs> my marriage went to hell and everything went to hell in a handbasket. Um, I just, nobody was in control of what I was doing anymore on any level. And I got to make the record that I'd always wanted to make, whether it did something or didn't, at least I tried and gave mm -hmm. it my best and, and was myself throughout the whole process. Um, and yeah, that's how, that's how wow. I got here. Came out. Well, it, it wow. at least seems now, maybe more so than back even five to ten years ago that you know authenticity and being yourself is uh being appreciated a little bit more and and i think mm -hmm. i don't know my theory is like just access to music and like how people are getting their music nowadays is shifting drastically away from like it has to be through the mainstream like there's so many other facets to get in your music so maybe now's the time to to do that and it, it sounds like it's working out well i her overheard when we were in Nashville, you were talking about maybe some exciting things going on too. So I don't, I don't know if, if that's allowed to be talked about, but you seem <laughs> pretty jacked up about something going on, which, uh, which yeah. seems promising. <laughs> well, it's untelling. I don't remember what was going on then because there have been a few different opportunities that have, a, a, have came along and then kind of fizzled out and then another mm. one will come along. And so, 
um, which is always heartbreaking. I mean, you hear so many no's in this town, no matter what route you're doing, whether it's Americano or whether it's commercial country or pop or whatever, or if you're an actor, there's just a lot of, of no's before you get the right one. And I'm just trying to see all of those no's as blessings in disguise mm-hmm. that they're going to come along for me. So we'll see. I don't, I don't remember <laughs> what we even, what, <laughs> on then because it might have just you know it might be dead in the water hell who knows (laughs) so i guess well i kind of want to i kind of want to go back and like maybe connect the dots in there in in between like you've kind of given us the timeline i want to fill some of that in too because like i said i mean this record sign it's really interesting to me that that you kind of spent all that time trying to fit a mold that wasn't you and then that led to this beautiful piece that you released last year. Um, I guess I'm curious, you know, I guess I guess the, the first question would be, when did you really start to take songwriting seriously, um, you know, growing up in Kentucky, like you said, and learning all that stuff as you grew up? And then um, from there, like what, I guess, how did, how did the mentality change just over the years, um, you know, once you got to Nashville, once you got into that kind of game of trying to get that, you know, publishing deal, that all that all that kind of stuff, I guess, because that's yeah. I mean, those are some really drastic, you know, there's got to be some really drastic changes in there to even just how you approach songwriting in general. Definitely. Yeah. And I started writing when I was 13, you know, out of a heartbreak some boy broke up with me and you know a song fell out of the sky over it and they haven't stopped falling out of the sky since then and that's the only way that I can explain it these song ideas just kind of land on me like they're coming from something else or somebody else um because I've never considered myself a writer hell I couldn't I mean I might have had to take English twice in college I can't remember (laughs) I didn't I almost did like I (laughs) so um and then when I got to Nashville, I started learning about co-writing and um, I didn't know when I, when I was in Kentucky that there were songwriters and there were artists. I just assumed it was kind of the same thing. But if yeah. you look at Patty Loveless and um, artists like her in the 90s, she didn't write any of that stuff. But she's still one hell of an artist like because she made it her own and she just sings like an angel and Costas and Harlan Howard wrote a lot of those hits and Jim Lauderdale. So um, I started getting into that and, and realizing that a lot of those songs that I loved from Dwight Yoakam and Patty Loveless were all written by Costas or Harlan Howard. And so I just thought it was really interesting. And then all I wanted to do was learn to craft. How do mm-hmm. I craft this song like these guys? And I actually got to write with Costas um, a couple times uh, when I was writing it at Cal 4. Um, but I still love co-writing. I love co-writing when everybody in the room can set their ego aside and just try to write something great. And and it doesn't have to be even like this big heartfelt blah. Like if it's funny and, and crafty, I love it. Like I yeah. love a good song and and something with some humor that anything that makes you feel something i'm down to write it um what i what i don't like is going into these co-writes and you get people who are saying well you can't talk about that because it can't be on the radio or you can't do this because you're breaking some kind of crazy rule and it's like some of those great songwriters were great songwriters because they knew the rules and they knew how to break them well Mm. so I am just in love with songwriting, the whole craft of it. And my only dream is to be able to write songs like Costas and Jim Lauderdale and Harlan Howard. Wow. Yeah. So how did that, I mean, how did, how did that from the, from the time you finished college, like you said, let's, let's fill in a little bit of that too, to where you were, you know, what was that like trying to, first of all, I mean, you just moved to a new place. You just got out of university now you got to try to do this shit for real. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, um, how did, I guess, did you, what did, what did you take away from, from those years of trying to, even if you weren't trying to write the songs that I guess you really personally wanted to write, if you were trying to do something else, like, did you take anything away from that that maybe helped you now? Oh yeah. Like, 
Well, I knew all through college that all I wanted to do was, was sing and write. And then I learned that, that sometimes if you got lucky that somebody would pay you to write songs. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, well, I want to do that. That sounds like fun. That would be awesome. Um, so as soon as I found that out and, and learned that that's what you do when you get to town, you start co-writing. Um, I just started introducing myself to people and my first co-write ever. I'll never forget it. There's just some things that you don't forget. And it was with Carlene Watt, whom I adore. And she still writes songs. and She's fantastic. And then that spun into, well, you should write with my friend. And then that spun into me writing with their friend. And by the time I actually started trying to get a publishing deal and got my foot in the door, I had already written 300 songs. Wow. Which they, I mean, I would not want to play hardly any of them for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but I had started learning and started um, knowing how to craft a song and how to be vulnerable and open in a co-write because they're all like therapy sessions, um, the good ones. Anyways. Um, I don't know if that answers your question or if I just went on an odd tangent. Yeah, no, absolutely. Definitely You're welcome does. to go on any tangent you want. Yeah, and we're not going to complain. So. This is not very focused, if you haven't noticed. I mean, Mike yeah. and I spent the first few minutes of this call playing with the shades of how bright our ring lights are. So, dude, I'm telling you, there's a whole other setting. I can make it orange. Oh, wow! Whoa! Uh, yeah, uh, that's wow. crazy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> amazing. I guess before uh, before we look forward, I want to go back to like because normally it's like, well, how'd you even get into music in the first place? You like we're singing and playing since you're like a young kid. Like I think I read seven years old, you played at the Kentucky Opry. So like, I guess my question is like, is there music that runs pretty thick through your family or like, how does that even happen to where a seven year old just hops up on stage and like, starts singing? <laughs> right. It still baffles me too. Cause I was a pretty shy kid. Um, but told my mom that I could sing. They heard me, I guess I was humming my ABCs and, Mom was always saying, well, sing me one, Brit, sing me something. And I would just hum and sing to her. And I guess someone told her I could carry a tune and told her about the Mountain Arts Center. And then she, um, we made an audition tape, which is mm -hmm. real fun. Never forget that karaoke machine. You know, the little box karaoke mm -hmm. machine tape in and uh, you could record onto it singing and you would put your blank tape in one and you would put the karaoke tape in another and you could make your audition tape and then somebody had told us now you gotta you gotta record that in the bathroom because there's reverb in the bathroom <laughs> hell it was my mom didn't either but we went to the damn bathroom and we recorded <laughs> a little audition tape for um this thing called the us 23 showcase and the us 23 is that real um it's not a long highway and it runs through east mm -hmm. kentucky Pikeville and uh, Prestonsburg, where Dwight Yoakam, Loretta Lynn. Yeah. Country Patty. Music Highway, right? Yeah. Highway, yeah. So I auditioned yeah. to be like, you know, who's the next country music highway star? And uh, I got in the show, and that was my first time ever playing with a band. And I just somehow just knew what to do and had listened to so much music that I knew when to come in and, and how to do it. And I don't know, it's like I've done it before. <laughs> Wow, that's, that's impressive. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cool. impressive too for whoever was the backing band for like these meant kids on stage. Like, keep it yeah. up with the kids. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> What's Definitely. funny that backing band too? Like half of them used to, you know, play in the house band at the Opry. Because um, mm. a lot of those musicians from East Kentucky came to Nashville when they were younger and did the whole thing, and then just decided to go home. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's wild. It's funny. <laughs> That's well, hey, let's cool. let's look forward then. Here, you just had a a new single out this year. At least yeah. there ain't no babies. <laughs> and uh, you kind of talked about some, you know, the the wittiness of of songs. This one has that for sure. Um, but I guess is it allowed to say is there more coming? You know, are you just releasing one single or is can we expect let, let, more let's, after let's, this? Let's play it first. We should play this. Let's, let's play this. You're right. You're right. Yeah, let's just, yeah. Let's, let's right. play this one. I don't know if you want to give us a little intro story about the song, and then we can talk more about it after, but you can 
It's all yours if you want to intro it. Is this a good one to to uh I always love to see this shell shock on people's face when it gets to the chorus. <laughs> There's holes in the walls If they could talk They would cry Cause they've seen it all The rise and the fall From inside Feeling so strong How could it go wrong I don't know We've held on too long it's time to move on and let go At least there's no babies That tie me to you Just a ring and some paper Nothing we can't undo I'm saying it's easy to just hit restart but is it any wonder that it fell apart? We're two different crises. At least there's no babies. At least there's no babies. I do and I did. The honest truth is that we're done. But is it any wonder that it fell apart? We're two different crazies. At least there's no babies that tie me to you. Just a ring and some paper. Nothing we can't There's no babies by Brent Taylor. Let's uh, let's just yeah, featuring D White, of course. Um, just why don't you just take it away? Let's let's just, just tell us about that one. Yeah, I mean that one is what it is. Um, one of the first things that people would say to me when I was going through my divorce is, "Well, at least there's no babies," and it would annoy <laughs> the hell out of me. And I know they were well-meaning. Yeah. I know they're just trying to be nice and make me feel better, but nothing made me feel worse because then it was like, well, because I don't have kids, my divorce hurts less or is easier than other people's. Mm. And that wasn't the case. It hurt like hell. And it was awful. The whole thing was awful. Um, and the more people would say that as a matter I would get. And then um, towards the end of it, when I wasn't so hurt and, and angry, I caught myself saying it 
to people <laughs> to kind of like break the ice so nobody felt sorry for me kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, D. White was over here at the house and we were just talking in conversation and, and he was asking me about how I was and how I was doing and everything. And, and I was like, yeah, I went through this divorce, but you know, at least there's no babies. And he <laughs> said, well, I think that that's our song. And I thought, there's no, there's no way. One, one like you're 20 and there's no <laughs> way you can write this song with me right now. But he like, <laughs> Some of the best lines in that thing are D because he's just so witty. And we just wanted to make it funny because that yeah. phrase mm-hmm. is really funny. Like it's dark. It's like a dark yeah. comedy. That whole song is like a dark comedy. <laughs> yeah. um, it's super heartbreaking, but it's like kind of funny. That's what makes it great. And, yeah. So we just, we sat and, and this song just like fell out of the sky so quickly. The melody, just everything. And we laughed. <laughs> and laugh, laugh. And uh, by the end of it, I was like, "Man, this is this is the song that you try to write your entire life to try and measure up to all your heroes." <laughs> and I'm I'm just so proud of it, and so proud that I got to write it with D. And and I wanted to record it like one of those songs, like you know George and Tammy would yeah. do. And so we when we went into the studio, I wanted to be a real duet of both of us singing and it it just ended up exactly how I wanted to I'm I'm really excited and proud of that one yeah it's uh it's fun for sure and like you said it's it's the it's the element of the fact that yeah it is kind of dark but it has still got that humor that uh makes it great <laughs> yeah I love that about old country music it's yeah. that's probably one of my favorite things and one of the things that I miss most, I feel like the humor is kind of gone out of music right now. Like there's, mm-hmm. you don't hear, like everything is just so serious. And like mm-hmm. somebody called it Tommy Tough Nuts. Everything's <laughs> 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 just so tough. And I don't know. I mean, you have to laugh about stuff too. Um, so I was excited to get some of that humor in there. Yeah. It's funny when I play it live because people don't know what, if they're allowed to yeah. laugh. Right. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that's a that's a big nineties country thing too. Like there's some great witty humor in that. And you know, like I feel like now like especially like mainstream country, like if you get a, a song that's supposed to be funny, there's no wit to it. It's just like it's just like dumb fucking you know. <laughs> like, like oh yeah. man, R- Frankie drank eighty beers and Pissed in his pants or something. That's <laughs> <laughs> gross know. exaggeration. What song is but, that? You know. <laughs> no, I'm just like. I get you. I get what you're saying for sure. Oh man. Um. You know, I'm pretty sure it's Blake Shelton that sang that one, but I don't. Yeah, know. it could it could have been. <laughs> could have been. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Um. Um. I guess I, the obvious question, though. I mean, so I mean, obviously, it's written as a single, but is there plans for more new music? coming soon and the head's yeah. nodding so that is good news yeah <laughs> i i got two songs actually coming out this friday wow yeah two more songs and it's all part of it's kind of a continuation of what i've already released um mm-hmm. like i was saying earlier i don't want to live into this story any longer um because I'm out of it. I'm getting married and I'm in a happy place. Like life is good. So I, I didn't want, at least there's no babies to be on the next record. I just, it needed to be on yeah. this record and I wrote it too late and it missed a good uh-huh. chance. And I was like, well, shit, I'll just, I'll, I'll just put out a deluxe record and put this on it. And, and we added two other songs um, that are cover songs two of my favorite cover songs to kind of let people mm. get a, the gist of, of what I grew up on and what I love the most and, and why I made the record that I made. Um, so yeah. And then th- hopefully there'll be mu- more music soon after that too. What are you, co- to what are you going to cover? What, what's uh, what's yeah, yeah, what yeah. we got it to expect here? I don't know when I'm going to release this one, but it might be, I mean, it's, they're probably out now if you're listening to this podcast, but <laughs> it's uh, Dwight Yoakam's ain't that lonely get. Mm. And, yeah, oh my God, I love Dwight Yoakam. He's my favorite. 
And then um, an old song by Peter and Gordon from 1965, I think, um, written by Dale Shannon called I Go to Pieces. Okay. So it's like an oldie song. My daddy and I used to to listen to oldies when we drive to Myrtle Beach every summer for family vacation. So I had to to get an oldie song out for him. Of course. That's awesome. Well, I bet we could probably just do the third song, one of those two. Maybe the the, the Dwight. Maybe. Right? If they're out by now. Yeah, we could. I mean, we put it out Friday. I'll put this, it out this Monday. Friday, like. Like yeah, okay. yeah, the Friday is about to happen. Yeah, we'll, I mean, yeah. This, I'm just thinking about putting this out Monday, so they are out now. If you're listening to this, yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we could play one of those for the last one, I suppose, but that would be pretty game cool time too. decision. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I'll decide. Well, it is game. I'll time. decide in a moment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, I have another question before we get to the rapid fires that I think is kind of an interesting one, considering your your um where you're from and kind of the timeline that you've been in Nashville um like as someone who's been in Nashville since before the current kind of Kentucky scene blew up you know Sturgill Childers Stapleton the list goes on have you I mean what first of all I guess what was that like for you as that's kind of all happening and you've been in Nashville since then and uh have you seen any kind of has that boosted any momentum for you as well um that you think might be related to that i think that most of all it inspired me um Mm. seeing tyler go about it at his own way and just being like no i'm not doing that like he was he was so wise to be so young when he was out touring and just kind of making a way for himself and when i was that age in Nashville, I was just like, sure, I'll do that. Like, woo, like having a good time and just wanting to learn. And it was so fresh. And, and I, I don't know, I was just more of just like floating through everything. And I knew I wanted to, to do music and do country music, but I thought that I needed to, I needed somebody to say, Hey, you are, you're good enough. Like we can do this now. Whereas Tyler was just like, screw y'all. I am good enough and you'll see. And I wish that I would have had that attitude and been more confident in myself rather than waiting for people to tell me what to do mm. and, and what kind of music I was supposed to make that would make me successful because everybody has a different opinion in this town. And I mean, everybody at some point, you just have to listen to yourself. And I think that that's what him and Sturgill did so well is they were just so confident in who they were and are as artists and then they just go with it. And I think that inspired me. Well, I know it inspired, it inspired me to say, no, I don't need a record label or anybody to sit here and tell me I'm good enough. I know that I was born to make music and to do this. And if, if they're not going to jump on board, then I'm just going to drive my own ship. I'm just going to do this myself. And so, yeah, they, I don't know if I would have released the record had it not been for artists like then. Wow. And that that's awesome. Someone I think it was a member of forty nine Winchester was telling us that he that you know they they described Childers as throwing kind of the throwing the flame over the mountain because they're from Virginia, you know, throwing it to the other side. But Mm -hmm. I think that's interesting too, because uh you know, I think a lot of people like go to Nashville and kind of define like what success would be as being on the radio. And Childers has like four million monthly listeners on spotify like if you took all the mainstream country radio artists he'd be in the top 30 percent and he's never had a song on the mainstream so it's like you know you don't have to have that kind of that doesn't have to define you you know like being on the radio you know like you can be successful and people can appreciate you as an artist without any of that so like just the fact that that's being passed from you know to other people is is really cool you know like hey you don't have to you don't have to be like this, you know, you can be yeah. like you and be just fine, you know. And you don't That's have cool. to have the big record label anymore. You don't have to have mm-hmm. all that stuff there. There's alternate ways to make your career out of music these days. It was it, it's not like it was in the 90s where if you wanted to get heard, you did have to have a record label because there wasn't any kind of streaming platforms or any mm-hmm. way to put your own music out. 
and I know that people have their beef with streaming platforms and I get it, but for me, it's like, it's such a big opportunity to, to be an independent artist. Like it's the best time that it, that it's ever been to be an independent mm-hmm. artist. Nobody can tell you that you can't do this anymore. You can. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah, like it or not. I mean, and absolutely there's, they are problematic, the streaming platforms, but <laughs> at the same time, they are also a great tool and social media is and is a great tool that they would have never, you know, like those, those artists you're talking about in the eighties and nineties would have never even dreamed about having access to. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's also cool to see that. Yeah. Like Mike said, like that, it, it's cool to be independent now. It's cool to do it yourself. And it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's, uh, I think people, I think fans appreciate it a little more when it's independent because they know it's 100% pure coming straight from the artist, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for um, sure. I mean, it's tough. I mean, everything would be way easier if you had, you know, a label budget and this big gigantic team that was behind you helping you push everything but i mean and that doesn't even that doesn't mean anything either like sometimes Mm -hmm. it works for them too and sometimes it doesn't so you just never know yeah i mean walker hayes still has a big team behind him and look at the shit that he's (laughs) doesn't mean anything (laughs) (laughs) guy's terrible You don't have Anyways, you don't uh, have to comment. <laughs> let's segment into our <laughs> rapid fires <laughs> section of the evening. Um, um, I'll kick things off with the rapid fires. If you're not familiar with rapid fires, they're not very rapid, and they're just some funny little questions that we're going to ask in here and see how Brit can do. Oh boy! The first one: Who has the best style in country music? The best style in country music now? I guess. Yeah, let's go now. Oh, yeah. Let's go now. Okay. Now, Lainey. Lainey Wilson. Mm, All right. That's a a new one. I don't think she's been named on that question yet. Yeah, she hasn't. The only reason I I ask is because my my girlfriend, Rachel, she she was there, and she's like, we need to find out where Britt gets her clothes because that is some great style. Where does oh, she man. get pants like that? So I I asked it because you have really good style, according Thanks. to my girlfriend. I'm no pro in the, in the <laughs> that department. <laughs> Thank you. I love her. Well, we'll have to go on a shopping spree together. <laughs> I'll let her know next time. Next time we're done. With this is a tough one. This is not. This is not uh, going to be very rapid. Kentucky artist Mount Rushmore. Who? Oh gosh, Ricky Scott, Dwight Yoakam, Patty Loveless. But how many are there? Really? Four. Okay. Oh, there's my four. There's your four. There that you was go. really fucking fast. That was quick. <laughs> I thought you'd you have to have think to. about that for a minute. Wow. Hell no. Oh, we'll get the team in here for review, but that's probably uh uh that might be a Cowboys record for that any Mount Rushmore style question. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I would guess. It's actually not even close. We don't even have to do the math on this. That was, that yeah, was yeah, no, we don't even need the team. That was bad. No. Um, would you rather road trip across the country or just fly? Oh, boy. Fly. That's fair. I go back and forth. I do like my road trips. I go back and forth, too. Crunchy or smooth peanut butter? Ooh. Smooth. Smooth? Mm-hmm. That's the correct answer. I don't think it. I don't think it is. <laughs> I like the crunchy one. I don't know, man. Get more bang for your buck. Come on. What's the coolest thing you've ever got at a thrift store? A thrift store. I guess. Do you shop at thrift stores? Cause I love thrift stores. If you're not no. a thrift store goer. You're not a thrift store goer. Okay. Next question. I wish that I were. Oh, I've been man. a few times and I feel like I don't get, I don't know, I don't get lucky at the thrift store. That's fair. There's some good ones in Lexington. I've heard no. that. I yeah. feel like I'm probably too impatient. I'm a big internet shopper. Like, boom, mm. bing, oh, bang. Yeah. Like, I want this push of a button at my house in a I week. I want it on my doorstep <laughs> tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. or I send it back. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll give you a new one because that that wasn't fair if you're not a thrift shopper. Let's let's steal this one from Garrett. Uh, what's what is the worst? The worst. The worst. Wait, what? What is the worst? You know, like the worst. That's the worst. The worst. The worst. The worst. Like the worst thing that would make. Okay, um, putting a dog down. Oh, oh gosh. God, oh. that is. That, <laughs> fuck, I told you the worst. That, the that, worst. that might be the worst. The worst answer that we've had. Oh, like. <laughs> The most accurate, the worst answer. Well, that we... if we have to be too close to home, I have to put a goat down tomorrow, and I'm really sad about it. Oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, she has cancer. Hmm. Uh, Real sad. I grew up with goats, so that hits home. Really? Little, like, yeah. pygmy goats or, like, faint goats? Or uh, they were, so we had Nubians and Apple, uh, Alp. What is the other ones? Nubians and Alpine? I think some I don't know. They were like decent yeah. sized goats. They Are those all the floppy ears? Uh Nubians have the floppy ears, yeah. And then I think Alpine is the name of the other ones. They look kinda like mountainy, I guess. But yeah, they're they're a good size goats. What do you no. have? New Do you have the little ones? Big goats? Goats. Oh. Yeah, they're hilarious. <laughs> All right, Garrett. I don't, know, I don't know anything about goats, so I was just letting you guys do that. Oh, sorry. Yeah, they—they're dumb, man. They stick their horns through the fence. It was like yeah. my morning routine before school. You had to like take the four wheeler around and see if there's any goats stuck, because they try to get the grass on the other side. And like these ones had the horns, they could get their head through the little squares, but not back out. They had to go like get them out. Yeah, I've rescued a few stuck goats. <laughs> Yeah. The joys of goats. Um, what is something you've learned in the last week? Mm. Last week? Something I've learned. Or I'm trying to learn. Sure. Yeah, I, sure. that I need to learn how to go with the flow. Mm. Yeah. Not as easy That's as it like sounds. Are you good at the flow? I own the flow. I make no plans. I thrive in the flow. (laughs) It's my home. I'm living it. I never leave the flow. Oh, I love that. Oh, yeah. My mom called right before this. She's like, what are you doing this weekend? I was like, what? (laughs) What a stupid question. No idea. Just flowing, mom. I need some lessons on the flow. Hmm. I, I don't know. <laughs> you just gotta go with it. Gotta go with yeah. It. Don't think yeah. about it too much. <laughs> All right. Hey, that was a that was an impressive round. You were answering questions great. faster than yeah. we were asking them, and that, that really also might be a record of some kind. We'll have that, to check the books. That was it's one all of official, the better so. rapid fire segments. Yeah. Good like, job. If we're talking whatever. Oh, we're I think we'll be at 105 episodes at this point. It was pretty fucking good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, Shit. I think we'll go. Let's go with waking up ain't easy for the last one, man. Okay. Yeah, we could. let's do that. And then, like, if you want to hear the two other covers, they're out. You go gotta go stream them and yeah, go give Brit or buy them zero. Yeah, preferably buy them, but you know, give Brit the zero point zero 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 eight of a cent or whatever it is. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Go buy them, you idiots. Come on, no, nah, you're not idiots. I'm sorry, I said that. I'm kidding. But go buy them. Go to go to Brit's go to Brit's store and buy a T-shirt. Even better. And then you can stream the songs. Then you've earned the right to stream the songs. Have it's an easy website. It's an easy website to remember too. It's just Brit Taylor Music. Yep. Although there's only one T in the Brit. Yes. But the Taylor makes up for it, right? Because it's yes. still two T's yeah. together, so it looks exactly correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Got down to the bottom of that. Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't Why don't you plug your uh, your social medias and all that good stuff? I'll put too, the so link to the website. 
I'll yeah. put the link to the website in the description of the podcast. You can just click that That's and buy a t-shirt idea. there. That's, yeah. Yeah. yeah anyway. Totally. Yeah. All the social then, media, Brit Taylor music. Oh, it's all the same. All right. All the same. There you go. Perfect. And we already cracked that. We already nuts, spelled so we're it good for to you. Go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Perfect. Well, well thanks yeah. for doing the podcast. We appreciate it. And well, thanks, uh, we should we should do this again. The next time we're in Nashville, we'll come do it again, and we'll do it in person where we can actually. Oh, heck yeah! It's a good yeah. idea. Yeah, guys would love it out here. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds great. Um, yeah, thanks for doing this, and we will see you at the latest. We will see you at Starfield Farms Music Festival on August twenty eighth. Again, another plug for that. Go buy tickets for that, everybody. And um, yeah. I guess in the immediate future too, if you're if you're in that area, come to uh, Somerset. Somerset, mm-hmm. Somerset, come down there. Yeah, for master there. musicians here. Mm-hmm. This is this coming out Monday. That's this week. That's so better get yeah, on that this week. Yeah, do that. Um, but yeah, Dang, let's I need wrap. a pack. Holy shit! <laughs> let's wrap things up here with Britt. Uh, again, thanks thanks for doing the podcast, and we will catch up soon. And if you want to leave us with the intro to Waking Up Ain't Easy, then you can go ahead and just take it away. Thanks so much. Waking Up Ain't Easy, I wrote it with Dave Brainerd, uh, my producer. He produced the whole record, and it came out of a crazy, crazy time, and it's all worth it, and I hope you guys like it. Thank you all for, for having me on your podcast. Please don't end.